Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So, hey, good to see you, church. Hope all is well. Uh, beautiful October. October's number one month of the year. Beautiful weather in October. Love October. Uh, a lot of good sports in October, too. Amen. So, uh, I won't go there. Sorry. Uh, but, hey, good to see you. It is. Love you. Um, so, last week, we kind of hopped out of the Experiencing God series uh, for a great time last week. We did baptism and communion. That was beautiful. Uh, loved every minute of that. About 16 baptisms. We, uh, we had a great time. Had a fun time doing that. Um, but we're jumping back in today to experiencing God. If you're new with us, haven't been here before, this is our fall series. Started it uh, just after Labor Day. It's uh, called Experiencing God. It goes back to some old discipleship material stuff written in 1990. I know I'm dating that, all right? Uh, 1990 uh, by a guy named Henry Blackaby. It's great principles, beautiful stuff. And so we're kind of breaking it down each week. Uh, if you are a host home or a life group home or a life group leader or anything, the questions for this week's uh, life groups are back there on the Guest Connect. Um, I made copies for you this morning. Uh, just take those, make copies if you need to. But I'm hearing great, great stuff about what God's doing through the series in life groups. So I invite you to jump in on that. So uh, back in the series, Experiencing God, that diagram, guys, pop that diagram back up for us. So this is the diagram that we've been working off of this whole series. Uh, we jumped in. Uh, we did kind of an intro about a God-centered life in the number one. And then we started with these seven uh, realities of how God speaks or how God uh, communicates and ex- how we experience him. Number one, we have to come to terms with the fact that God's always working. Hopefully you understand and got that by now. God is always working, always working. Uh, number two, he's always working because he's, he, he's about redeeming the church or redeeming his people back to us. So he wants to bring us into relationship. You were created to have a relationship with God. That's why, that's why you were hatched. If you're sitting here, you're going, I don't even know why I was hatched. That's why you were hatched. So you could have a relationship with the God of all creation. Listen to me. I got good news for you. God wants to hang out with you. Isn't that cool? Just turn to your neighbor and say, hey, man, I don't know about you, but God wants to hang out with me. God wants to hang out with me. That's good news if you think about it. Can I tell you that there's no other God that man has propped up or created that wants to hang out with him? None. You know, the flatjack truth about made-up gods is they really don't care about the person that made them up. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's the truth. God loves you. And he wants to hang with you. So he wants a relationship, and we get that relationship by the fact that he sent his son Jesus down across for us. So because of that death on the cross, we have a relationship with God. That's what he's after. 
And then, because he's always at work and he has a relationship with us, he, he, he helps us see where he's working. And he invites us to join. Today, we're going to look at number four. God speaks. God speaks. I want you to understand something. God speaks. God speaks. You say, well, that's just a simple statement, Pastor. It is, but it's under attack. And a lot of people are saying that he spoke once here, but he's not speaking anymore. Well, God bless you. That's a lie. God is speaking. He loves his kids. He's crazy about them. And he's speaking to him every day. The question is not whether God's speaking. The question is not we here. So I want you to see a how, what, why. See if you can find it. How, what, why. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, worship, prayer, circumstances, and the church. To reveal himself, his purpose, and his ways. Did you see the how, what, why? How does he speak? Holy Spirit. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. He draws you, he draws you into a relationship with him. Drawing you is not the same as speaking to you. He draws you to him to, to become uh, born again where he puts his spirit in you. Then you have a relationship with you. And he says, my helper, my counselor will speak to you because I have much to say to you. If you ever go to a counselor that doesn't speak, you need a new counselor. Our counselor speaks. Through the Holy Spirit. That's how he speaks to his kids. I want to stop here for a second. The reason he might not be speaking to you is that he might not have his spirit in you. If you're not born again, and his spirit is in you, the deposit guarantee in your inheritance, then when he speaks through the spirit to the spirit, if the spirit ain't on the end, how's the spirit going to hear him? If you're born again, child of the king today, you have the spirit and the power of the resurrection living in you. He can talk to you. You can pick up your spirit phone, talk to the spirit man. But if there's no phone on the other end, not much of the answer is there. Not going to hear it. Speaks through the Holy Spirit. So, what does he speak with? Well, he speaks with the Bible. We're going to look at it. Speaks in worship, no doubt. Speaks in prayer. Speaks in circumstances. And he speaks through his church or his people. So, why does he do it? Pretty simple. He speaks to reveal himself. He speaks to reveal his purpose. 
He speaks to show you his ways. When he doesn't speak to make me happy, that's not on the list. <laughs> Sorry. Not Disney World, all right? The Mer America thinks that God is supposed to make them happy. But what God wants to do with America is make America look like God. He wants to make you look like him. He wants to put his heart in you. That is the how, what, why of what God does. The testimony of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is that God speaks to his people. And as I said earlier, God still speaks today. It's still speaking today. I believe even more today. He's speaking, boy. So let's look. Five ways. Number one, the Bible. God's word equals the truth. This is the truth. In John 4, Jesus said, the true worshipers, the church that I'm looking for, will worship me in spirit and in truth, for they are the true worshipers. My God, God is spirit and truth. And the true worshipers worship me in spirit and in truth. The word of God is the truth. Jesus said that he became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the truth, is the word. When you open the word, you're in truth. That's the truth. When you open the word, the God of all creation is speaking to you. This is the truth. There's power in the truth. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture. can Listen, help, help me help you get our peanut around the fact that when we open up the Bible, the God of all creation, the author of the book, speaks to us. Nobody, no other book can do that. The Word of God is a beautiful, powerful word every time we open it from the God who breathed that word. He wants to speak through his word, does speak through his word. When you look at Romans 10, 17, Romans 10, 17. So then, that the above is true. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me say this to you. If you say, I have a faith problem. I don't have as much faith as some people do. What you're really saying is, I have a word problem. I don't, I don't have as much word in me as the other person does. Because what he's saying is that if faith comes from hearing the word, then I need to put more word in me. And the more word I have in me, the more faith I have in my legs. People say, well, preacher, I, I, I just want to have the faith that you have. 
What they're really saying is, I want to have the word that you have in you in me. Then go get it. Nothing superhuman about me. There's nothing great about me. You pinch me, I'm screaming. I pinch you, you're screaming. I got to stop at red lights too. And I get them, I, I get them all on Santi. All eight line up for me. Like, preacher coming, preacher coming, red. Preacher coming, red. Preacher coming, red. I'm like, seriously, can a brother not get a green? All right? Can he not get a green? When I need you to be red, you're not. When I need you to be green, you're not. It's like they're against me. Listen to me. We live in a day and time. We walk in the Hobby Lobby. We walk in the Kirklands, and we buy a bunch of Scripture. It looks all pretty, and we hang it on the walls. And We got more Scripture for decoration than, than anybody's ever had. But we got less people standing in the Word walking in faith. Just because you hang Scripture on the wall doesn't mean it's the foundation of your home. The Bible's not for decoration. It's to live out of. It's the anchor that holds. It's the foundation of my life. It is the substance of my faith. If I'm ever going to follow Jesus, Jesus said it is impossible to please me without faith. Woo! Okay. Then that means it's impossible for me to please you unless I got a lot of word in me. So when my faith is called upon, I got something to draw from. There's no excuse today to be in lack of faith. Because the word does not lack faith. And you got word all around you. If you'll get in this word, you'll have faith to move a mountain. And when it's called upon, you'll have something in the well to draw from. Otherwise, you bring up an empty pail. The word of God will speak to you. It's truth. It's truth. Number two, God will speak through worship. Mm. God does speak through worship. You see, worship is spirit. Worship and praise is spirit. God said the true worshipers, the true church, are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. For those are the kind of worshipers I seek. You always want to be a church that Jesus would come to? Be a spirit and word church. If you're a spirit and word church, Jesus is going to come. If you're all spirit, he's like, mm, nah, not doing that. You're over here keeping score and rule keeper and all stiff. Mm, not going in there. Word and spirit, word and spirit, word and spirit, word and spirit. Same thing. He speaks through worship. I'm going to tell you, we are blessed every single time we gather because we've got a great worship pastor and a great worship team that brings us to the table, man, in his presence. And I'm going to tell you, many of you, many of you, Hear him speak in worship. He loves to speak in worship. Loves to speak in worship. I want to read you a beautiful psalm. Psalm 100. It's kind of the catch pen of worship psalm. But listen to these words. Listen to how he wants to speak. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. He speaks through worship. I promise he does. For me, I have kind of three categories of worship. 
You see, worship alone, the word worship means bow down. The word praise means exalt and, and adoration and lift up. So praise and worship are kind of two different things. There's a lot of people that are really good at praising. They can jump and holler and scream, but they miss the aspect of worship. Worship's twofold. Sometimes in worship, you just bow down. Sometimes in worship, you, you can't sing. The Bible tells us in Psalm 46:10 to be still and know that I am God. Sometimes his presence alone in worship is so awe-inspiring, we are speechless in the presence of God. For me personally, I have three times of what I call postures of worship. There are postures of worship for me that I put on a bunch of worship, and they're singing, and I'm singing, and I'm trying to sing the right words, which I struggle sometimes, but it's a joyful noise. And so I'm worshiping, and I'm hopping, and I'm dancing because that moment of victory and that moment of chant and that moment of decoration is where I'm at right now. And so I'm screaming and worshiping and dancing and hopping and all that stuff for Jesus. And there are times where I just have it instrumental. I don't have any words. And at that time, the Father singing over me. How many of you know sometimes to sit like that and let him sing over you to say, well done? Anybody else out there get beat up every once in a while? Anybody else out there have to walk into the lion's dens every once in a while? Sometimes I just need a little instrumental worship in my study or in my house. I don't have no music. There's no words but what he says over me. And sometimes I don't need music. I don't need words. I need to be still and know that he is God. All three of those are worship. And all three, he speaks. I don't know where you are in your uh, maturity of worship, but you need to incorporate all of them. Because sometimes you got to party what he did. And sometimes you don't want him to sing over you. And sometimes you want to be still and let him speak. And you can hear him in all of it. In all of it. Third one is this he speaks in the Bible, his word, he speaks in worship. He speaks in prayer. He speaks in prayer. Matthew 6.10 says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Easy to read, hard to live out. Even Jesus said, Is there any way this cup can pass from me? The Father said, No, sir. Jesus said, okay, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, prayer is designed to adjust you to God's will, not to adjust God to your will. That's hard, isn't it, sometimes? You say, well, God said in his word, he'll give you desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. The key word is your heart. The key word is your heart becomes his heart. 
His heart becomes your heart. Then he gives you the desires of that heart. And you're content and happy and satisfied with it. May not be what you want. It may be what you need. Rather than focusing on what you would like to happen, realize that God may be more concerned with what he wants to happen in you. God, take this hard time away. God's like, no. Because you're going to see me for who I really am if I leave you in this hard time. And then on the other side of this hard time, your worship will never be the same. Your love for me will never be the same. Your belief in who I am will never be the same. You see, worship and the word and, and prayer and all of that are opportunities for God to speak to you. When you're praying, I encourage you, don't be so caught up in saying what you want to say to God and you skip what he wants to say to you. Remember, prayer is communication to God. He says, I know what you need before you even ask. And otherwise, in other words, before you start talking, be reminded of the fact that I already know. Maybe I don't need a reminder. Maybe I need to show you what I'm doing in you in this. God speaks through his word. God speaks through worship. God speaks through prayer. God also speaks through circumstances. Through circumstances. We love that one. All right. I want you to go back to the kind of the text of the uh, series that we're in. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 3. This is Moses. Uh, we know it as Moses in the burning bush. I want to pick up in verse 2 of chapter 3. Verse 1 is Moses is out doing what Moses does every single day. In his everyday life, he's tending his flock. He is doing his thing. He's at his post. He's at his job. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's in his routine. He's in it. And then all of a sudden in verse 2, there's an angel of the Lord that appears to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over, see this strange sight. That's not what I would do. How many of y'all be, I'm out of here. I, he's brave. He goes over to see this strange sight. Why, why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God said to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And the Lord said, here am I. Let me show you something. Moses noticed an ordinary thing, a burning bush. Moses noticed something extraordinary. That the bush was burning but was not being consumed by the fire. When the Lord saw Moses turn aside from the routine of his day, he spoke to Moses. Somebody needed to hear that. 
we have a tendency in our lives to we already know what Monday needs and we get up and we do Monday. We don't see anything other than Monday and we go to bed with the mindset of what we do on Tuesday. And we are in autopilot and we're rolling. And in the midst of routine, I believe a God that is always moving, always speaking, is setting stuff up. And in the midst of our routine, he'll put a bush on fire. And it's up to us to see it. Can you see the extraordinary in the ordinary? See, I had an ordinary experience several years ago at an ordinary location and got an extraordinary word. It was a Sunday afternoon in the fall, and that particular day, football just, hmm, it was pretty stinky, meaning the Cowboys were getting clobbered, okay? So I wanted to find something else to do, so my sweet daughter said, I got something you can do. I don't have any gas. Thanks, honey. So I got her car, went down to the ordinary pack sack to an ordinary gas station to get some gas. Pumped an ordinary bit of gas into an ordinary kind of car in an ordinary location on a Sunday afternoon. A couple gentlemen come over and talk to me. So I get done. I go back home. Football didn't improve. So I said, I'll go fill up my Jeep. So I get in an ordinary Jeep, drive to an ordinary gas station to pump some ordinary gas into an ordinary Jeep. And three ordinary men walk over and say hi to me. At that moment, I said, this is not ordinary. This is extraordinary. I leave Pakistan. I come down Bush and Road. I'm about to turn on 19th Street. I turn the corner, but I don't go to my, my house. I pull in this parking lot. I sit on the corner right there, and I start weeping. Because at that moment, I was doing church as a senior pastor for my comfort. We were in one service, and we could have ridden off in the sunset and done one service forever and ever and ever. And God said, you see those five guys that approached you? They see you as their senior pastor, even though they're not there all the time. There are many others that need that too. You need to make space for them. And you need to believe that I'm going to fill up that space. He took an ordinary trip to a gas station at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in an ordinary location that I've been a hundred times to put five ordinary burning bushes walking around my Jeep and my daughter's car so that I would see what he's already been speaking. See, he's already on the move. He wanted me to join him in his activity. I needed that to spur me on to do what God told me to do. So I told the staff not too long after that, you got to do it. Got to do it. And they all said, if you tell us we need to do it, we're going to do it. We did it. And God has blessed it tremendously. But I'm telling you, all around us every day, God is moving. God is speaking. God is taking the ordinary things that we do, and he's got 
extraordinary bushes sitting all around us. If we will open up our ears and open up our eyes, we will see God. And when we see God do the extraordinary, it is him saying, approach the bush. It is I. You can trust I. I am the great I am. You can trust me. You got to approach the bush. But you got to have your eyes open to see it when it happens around you. You got to ask God to speak. Many people don't want to say that because if you ask God to speak to you, since he's always speaking and he loves to speak to his kids, guess what he's going to do? He's going to speak to you. So when he speaks to you, guess what happens then? Now you got to go do what he asked you to do. For many people don't really want to do what God wants them to do, even though they hang across from the rearview mirror, even though they have a fish on their car, even though they have a whole bunch of scripture in their house. They don't really want to do what God asks them to do, so they keep from having to do what God wants them to do. They don't ask God to speak. They're not accountable for the word that God gave them. If you want and you're serious about God speaking to you, why don't you ask him to speak to you? And then you got to get yourself in a position so you can hear him. What I mean is you got to get yourself in a position. you got to posture yourself in a way to hear God. Speak to me, God, and you get yourself where you need to be, okay? What I mean by that is you, wherever your common and ordinary and routine day is, if you will say, God, speak to me, position your ears, position your eyes, position your heart to hear God speak and see him, you can respond to him. But if you're not looking and you're not asking, he probably isn't doing it. And then you got to get ready because, like I said, if you're going to ask him to speak, he's going to speak, and then you're going to be held accountable to what he spoke to you. Last thing is this. He speaks through the church. He speaks through God's people. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Amen. So God speaks through the church, through people. Okay. He loves to use people in your life to speak a word into you or a word to you. Okay. Now, here's the deal on that. Here are three things you have to understand about people that you get permission to speak into your life. And if you don't have people to speak into your life, you need people to speak into your life. These people need to know God. Don't let people that don't know God tell you about knowing God. My grandfather used to tell me, never let a loser tell you how to be a winner. One time I asked why. He looked at me like, seriously? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little thick. All right? They got to know God. Make sure the person that speaks into your life knows God. Make sure they know God's word. I don't want them to speak anything into me. I want them to speak from God's word into me. Don't, don't tell me goofy stuff. Tell me word stuff. Give me meat and potatoes, not chips and dip. They got to know God. They got to know his word, the truth. And they got to know you. They got to know if you are, you got to know if you're a guy that's stubborn Hey, you're stubborn. They got to know you're stubborn. They got to know if you're insecure. If they know you're insecure, when they give you this word, it's probably going to land on your feeler because you've got a lot of feelers. So they need to know that that's going to land there. They got to know you're, 
that, that, that you are insecure in some areas, and it may land there. They, they got to know that you're spontaneous, that whatever they say, you're probably going to leave and go do right now. But what you're trying to do is you're saying this to them so that they can sit with the Father and hear from Him and then go. They got to know. If they don't know you, they may make a mistake in speaking into you, okay? Or it could be worse, all right? When I sit with people and I, and I sharpen them or I, I have lunch with them or breakfast with them, whatever, it helps me to know kind of who they are. Because then what I hear the Father say to me for them, I'll know when to deliver it. God speaks through his word. If you're here today and you say, Jeff, that's the deal right there. I don't have no word. I'm not even a person of faith. I don't have much faith. You don't have much faith because you don't have much word. More faith, more word you got, more faith you got. Listen, there's a bunch of people out there that don't have no time for faith. They don't need no faith. They buy faith. They don't wait on God. All right? It says that it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. So God's going to speak through his word. God's going to speak in worship. God's going to speak in prayer. God's going to speak in the ordinary circumstances of your life. And God is going to speak through his church, his people to you. Next week, and probably the week after that, we're going to look in this series at what I think is the hitch, hitch pin of this whole thing. A crisis of belief. It's when you know you've heard God and you step out and do what you hear from God, but it's hard or you're scared to even step out. You have this crisis that's going on inside of you. Listen to me. This week, you have homework. You have got to learn to hear God. There's two camps in this room this morning. Two people looking at me. One person in this room, or one group of people in this room, have got to come to terms with the fact that God does speak. You're still on the fence. God speaks. He does. The other group of people in here is the people that haven't heard God speak something fresh in a long time. You need to ask God, if you're in this camp, to make you a man or woman who believes and who has resolved in their heart that God speaks. It's never going to waffle anymore that God speaks. The other people in this room need to come to terms with the fact they simply need to ask God to speak to me. Speak to me. Don't be scared. There's a gentleman in this room right now. He, he was so pumped to tell me the story when God spoke to him for the very first time. And he was no spring chicken when it happened. But it lit his fire. It'll never go out again. Speak to me, God. I believe you're speaking. Speak to me. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Simply going to just pray that the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has said to you is what you're going to do. Today, 
You may be that person or persons. I need to settle. I need to settle that God does speak. Or, Jeff, I know God speaks, but he hasn't spoken to me in a long time. I need a fresh word from God. I need you to speak something fresh to me. So today, I want to pray. Then we're going to worship. And if you need to respond to God, maybe where you are up here, this is your time. This is your time. Father, we love you. We love your presence. We love your spirit. God, we know you speak. I pray for that individual or individuals that need to just settle that in their heart. They waffle back and forth. Maybe they don't believe it all. But God, I pray that you will speak to them and say, I do speak. Believe I speak. Secondly, Father, I just want to pray over the individual or individuals that need a fresh word from you. God, as we worship, they'll just simply cry from their heart. God, speak to me. God, give me a fresh word. I want to hear your voice. So God, now, by the Holy Spirit of God, you speak into us. As we worship, may be glorified. May you be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.